Welcome to the podcast for St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sherman Center that's in Random Lake, Wisconsin, north of Milwaukee and south of Sheboygan. We're pleased to share with you recent sermons and Bible classes from our congregation. We welcome you to join us for Divine Service Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We have Bible classes currently offered at 8.15 a.m. on Sunday. Join us to receive the Lord's Word and His gifts. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the, the one who is on the housetop not go down to take what is in his house. And let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days. Pray that your flight may not be in winter or in, on a Sabbath. For then there will be a great tribulation such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now. No, and never will be. And in those, or if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. So, if they say to you, Look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, Look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Today's gospel lesson, maybe even the Old Testament lesson, is meant to strike the fear of God into us. It is definitive, doomsday, apocalyptic death and destruction. So, on the first hand, you've got the desecration of the temple and the destruction of Jerusalem, the abomination of desolation, as foretold by Daniel. In 167 BC, the Seleucid king Antiochus profaned Jerusalem, namely the temple, by erecting an altar to Zeus on top of the altar for the burnt offerings. Then the Romans, under General Titus, desecrated and tore down the temple in AD 70 after a seven-month siege battle and over one million Jews dead. But you also have today, from Jesus, the end of the world coming like a thief and like lightning from the east to the west without warning. 
Unlike the destruction and desecration of the temple and Jerusalem, as foretold by Daniel, let the reader understand, Christ's return in judgment is different. Those two were put together today. Christ's return in judgment is instantaneous and from the sky. Leading into that time are days of great tribulation. And these are those days. So if that doesn't cause you to wring your hands in worry, tremble with fear, well, you neither believe the word of God nor fear him. It's the end of the world as you know it, and you don't feel fine. Such worry is not wrong. But unfaithful worry and misplaced anxieties are. The reason why Jesus preaches in the way he does to you today is that your worry would be directed towards him in prayer. Anxiety and worry about death and destruction, the end of the days, that doesn't belong in your heart or in your mind or weighing down your conscience. That worry belongs to God. Only he knows the day or the hour. Only the Father knows the day or the hour. So give it over to him. Direct your worry back to God. And then listen to the answer that he gives to you in his scriptures. Body and life, clothing and shoes, house and home, food and drink, cars, jobs, education, country, even this congregation are all gifts to you from God. And he will provide. Trust in him. Everything's going to be okay. But if you're still going to worry, do it in a godly way. Worry about the one thing that does matter and is worth worrying about, and that is faith in Christ. As Jesus himself said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Or with Mary and her sister, Mary chose the good part. That is, Jesus is leading you to ask this question. Where is he? Where can I hear his word rightly? Where has he promised to bless me with his gifts? Where has he promised to answer my worries with his promise? So if you're going to worry about anything, worry about receiving Jesus. But Jesus' word of warning in the gospel today still holds true as well. False Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect, the chosen. Jesus is warning you today that not every preacher who even speaks in his name is telling you the truth. Not every expansive and flourishing congregation with programs and outreach does so with the word of, of God, that is, with the gospel and by the power of the Spirit. It is of greatest importance that you go to hear God's word, rightly taught. And what is being preached in liturgy and prayer and hymnody and from the pulpit be nothing but Christ and him crucified, as the apostle tells you. What you eat and drink, that can only affect your body. What happens with your home and investments only affects this life. But what you hear, hear, and therefore what you believe is the deciding factor between 
death and hell, and heaven and eternal life. It's the distinction between damnation and salvation. That means don't be seduced by those who would claim to be Christian, but yet do so apart from God's gifts, Christ's gifts that make you Christian. Christ instituted his church as the place to receive forgiveness, his life, his salvation, and nowhere else. He gave to the church the preaching of the gospel. He gave to the church the keys of heaven, John 20. He gave to the church holy baptism and the Holy Supper. So don't be seduced by those enthusiastic folks who say that the proof of the church's message, rather, is outward signs of success. That is, according to the ways of this world. That means according to the ways of the devil. They would say things like this. Look at the beautiful church building. Look at our impressive campus. Look at all of our amazing programs and ministries. Look at what we have done. Look at what we have built. And it doesn't matter what denomination they call themselves, even Lutheran. If they put their faith in these earthly monuments, if they put their faith in their emotions and how great all of these things make them feel, that doesn't mean they're following Jesus, necessarily. They may be following they're a false savior, a false god, even themselves. Just like we heard, build for ourselves a golden calf. Impressive, to be sure, but not from God. So today, in the midst of this promise of doom and gloom against the temple, in the midst of a coming judgment, in the midst of a church that is in chaos with false Christs and false prophets, in the midst of all of that, Jesus today actually gave you his promise, a gospel promise. It went like this, but for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. But for the sake of the elect, that is, for you, for your sake and for your sal salvation, these days of tribulation will be cut short. But also this, no one can separate you, and nothing can separate you from the love of God that is yours in Christ Jesus. You, as the elect, have your names written in the book of life from before the foundation of the world. You are Christ. That means that can any great signs and wonders that these false Christs and prophets give you lead you away from faith in Jesus? No. Is it possible to deceive those who have the Holy Spirit? and the faith he gives? No. Not possible. Because you are God's child. You are forgiven. You are with Jesus. And nothing you say or do can change that. Thanks be to Jesus. Martin Luther had a wonderful little quote about this, namely where our priority and attention should be. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He says, see how rich, therefore, is a Christian, the one who is baptized. Even if he wants to, he cannot lose his salvation. However much he sins, unless he will not believe. For no sin can condemn him save unbelief alone. All other sins, so long as the faith in God's promise made in baptism returns and remains, all other sins, I say, are immediately blotted out through the same faith or rather through the truth of God, 
because he cannot deny himself. That's what you're all about here today. Whatever sins you brought with you have already been plunged deep into the waters of your baptism. As you heard Jesus say, I forgive you all your sins. And that's enough. The church really isn't all that concerned about impressive spectacles and buildings, about moving hearts to tears, stirring up generous gifts with impassioned pleas. The church, properly speaking, is only concerned with delivering Christ's kingdom because Jesus will have his kingdom. And thus, we are concerned with sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to him, and then receiving from him everything needed both now and for eternity. <laughs> because you're here now, gathered with fellow baptized children of God, listening to Jesus, despite all the things that will come upon you, you have nothing to fear. For you are Christ, and he's promised to preserve you until the end. Thanks be to Jesus in his holy name. Amen. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org. That's stjohnrandomlake.org slash support and give today.